G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. There is such an incredibly rich diversity across this thing called church. So many different approaches and styles. Yeah, that's okay. But some churches, they're comfortable places to be, yet they don't achieve all that much. While others, well, they get a lot done, but they're so demanding. Why is that? Bernie Diamond and welcome again to a different perspective as we chat once more about this thing called church. One of the saddest things that we've seen in the quest for higher volumes, quicker production times, greater company profits is this taking of this bird that you and I call a chicken, this bird that was made to scratch around and forage and to turn it into this grotesque thing called a battery hen. It's kind of a symbolic thing for me that we would take an animal and do that. For what? Production and profits. Turnaround times. If you're online and you Google the term battery hens, you'll see some horrid pictures of what happens to these poor animals. To tell you the truth, I'm not one much for animal welfare. It's not naturally my gig in life. But when you see some of those pictures, you realise how our quest for systems and volumes and production and profits can grotesquely impact life. These hens, kept in small wire cages, many of them don't have feathers, they can't spread their wings or turn around or be comfortable for any part of their short lives. They don't know what it is to live a life scratching around in the farmyard or anything like that. And it's something that we see done not just to hens, but to people. The people in the so-called developing world who make the toys and the clothes and the furniture that those in the wealthy West consume with insatiable appetites, many of those workers work for almost nothing, long hours, long days, appalling living conditions. It's amazing what we will do to people and animals in pursuit of profits and outcomes. What does this have to do with anything? Well, I've seen over the years how systems and key performance indicators and the drive towards more and more profits impacts people's lives. For almost two decades of my life, I worked as a consultant in the IT industry. I worked around the world, and so I've been to hundreds of different organisations, private sector, public sector, in many different places and cultures. And one of the things that I saw all too often were workers lined up in small cubicles driving to targets to increase company profits. Now, there's nothing wrong with companies making a profit. There's nothing wrong with them having some performance indicators and incentive schemes and all of that. But after years and years and years of seeing this, I've drawn the conclusion that there is a line somewhere that companies and organisations can step over. There's kind of a tipping point, to use a familiar term, where the systems and performance indicators and the profit motive take people from being free-range to battery hens. Does that make sense? Some workplaces I've walked into, the people have been working incredibly hard and yet they're energised, they're happy, there's some laughter in that place. But mostly, 
That hasn't been the case. In insurance companies, banks, call centres, so many of these places, when all that drives management is the profit motive, then ultimately that line is crossed and people become like battery hens. And frankly, you and I weren't made principally to be cogs in a production machine. You and I, we're unique, we're creative, we love encouragement, we love being part of something that we believe in, and what we value is being valued. But systems, cubicles, targets, they can squeeze the life out of us. Sometimes when I travel into the city on the bus or the train, which is something I used to do a lot of in my consulting days, I look at the faces of people. I have to tell you, you don't see much joy. You don't see much of a sense of anticipation heading into work or satisfaction coming home from work. There's a greyness, a lifelessness that happens when beautiful, amazing, creative, emotional, intelligent, funny, wonderful, spiritual people are squeezed into a production mould. It's the issue of balance that's missing. That's the conclusion I've come to. And here's the thing. This is something that I've seen in churches too. Over the course of this week and the next few weeks on the program, we're taking a really frank, warts and all look at this thing called church. And one of the things that appears to have emerged in the contemporary church is the program. What do I mean by that? Well, we grow and so we organise ourselves and our activities and the members of the church. And the way we organise things is that we institute programs. We have the welcomers who are programmed to welcome people at church. We have the weekly home group meeting. We have the the ladies meeting on Wednesday morning. We have the young mothers meeting. We, We implement a number of evangelism programs. We set budgets. We look at outcomes. We assess the return on investment. We run events, the Easter event, the carols by candlelight at Christmas. We have food appeals. We go door knocking around the neighborhood. The list goes on. Now, let me say something at this point. There is nothing intrinsically wrong or bad or sinful about any of those things. They're all good in and of themselves. Okay, so I'm not knocking any of them per se. But just as in everything else, there is a line that we can cross over. The line where we turn church into purely an accumulation of events, activities, meetings, committees, and programs. That point, and I've been to churches where I've seen this happen, where the only way that you can be part of the church is to participate in the programs. I've heard this come from the pulpit. If you want to develop friendships or relationships, you have to sign up to join a home group. Now, program-driven may have worked at some place and some point in time, but remember, so many of the people who come to our churches are these very same people who spend their lives being battery hens Monday to Friday, 8, 9, 10, 11 hours each day. They're looking for something different. If there's one thing, just one thing, that so many people are looking for in a faith community is, well, just that, a genuine sense of community. And community, community isn't just an accumulation of programs and events. It's not some byproduct that happens magically because people signed up to a sheet for this program or that program. Because we can have as many programs in our churches as we like. We can be as busy and working as hard as we like and yet have an almost zero sense of community. Community is a mindset. It's a heart attitude. 
I've been to a church where it took them nine months to invite us to anything, and then it was a programmatic newcomer's luncheon. That's not community. Community is when you walk in and someone greets you and smiles and shares and gets to know you and they're interested in you and they invite you over for a cup of coffee or for lunch. That's what community is. Jesus didn't say that by this people will know that you are my disciples if you have effective church programs with good outcomes. He said by this people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. There's something organic and spontaneous about that sort of love. The two words used for church in the New Testament are ecclesia and koinonia. The first, ecclesia, it literally means an assembly. That's what churches do as we meet once a week or other times. And the second is koinonia. It means a fellowship, a joining together. It's a relational word. It's the word of organic love and organic community. And that, that is the one thing more than any other the disconnected, battery-hen people who work all day are looking for. Welcome, fellowship, spontaneity, a sharing of lives. The Apostle Paul put it this way when he was talking about each one of us being part of the body of Christ. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member's honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and members of it. If there's one thing people are hungering for more than anything else, it's a genuine experience of Christ's love through community. Even though church has changed a lot recently, the fact that fewer and fewer people are choosing to be part of a church is nothing new. And even many of those who still attend are feeling less and less connected. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our special edition book, How to Choose the Right Church. God's Word is alive and active. So I'm praying that through this book, God will help you make sure that you find yourself in the right church. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your book straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.